0: get our confession ready to go here. Are you ready to speak it forth? Here it comes. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have the victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Can you say amen? You can be seated. Good to see all of you in the house of the Lord. Have a word for you today that uh, I believe will change your life and my life. And you've heard the word before. You know this word. But if it will get deep down in us, it will change us forever. Now, How many of you, do we have that little theme ready to go? Okay, now I want to know how many of you recognize this from the old TV days, but then even some of the current movies that came out not too long ago. Pam, I'll give you a chance to recognize it. Are you ready to go? What is it? As I say. Mission impossible. Okay, thank you. Now your mission, should you decide to accept, is, by the world standards, an impossible mission. But we are going to be on a mission impossible assignment if you will accept it. Turn to your neighbor Ash. Will you accept this assignment? This assignment is, will you continually, demonstrate the love of God every moment of your life in every person's life that you come in contact with. Now, we're going to pray about this at the end of the service because... In this world, there can seem to be some unlovely people. May I see the hands of the people that you have met, some unlovely people in this world. But they are all children of God. Whether they know God or not, they are children of God. And our assignment is to love them the way God would love them. And I want to show you, give you a scripture here. And then I found something humorous. I ran this by somebody because sometimes my humor doesn't line up with other people's humor, but I think I, I like funny things. How many of you really do like to laugh and, and just be lighthearted? If you're not, you know, they have those different personalities like phlegmatic, chloric, uh, sanguine, and something else. Melancholy. Yeah, melancholy. I, I think those are all excuses for to be bad. Uh, you know, it, it, you're not supposed to be bad. You're supposed to be like Jesus. Everybody say, I'm supposed to be like Jesus. We're all supposed to be like Jesus—walk like, talk like, act like Jesus. That's First John chapter two, verse six. So if we make a decision to do that, we're going to be okay. Sunday, or uh, not Sunday, Saturday morning. I, I I went out to pray early in the morning, and I was blessed by somebody taking me to a football game, and and uh, thank God Purdue won too. And by the way, I, you know, I, Bill and Sue O'Brien's grandson Matt Wilkerson—he's got Jeff running eight o. 6A football, and about every game he throws for five or six touchdown passes. His, his, his stats are out of this world. Just unbelievable what he's been able to do. So, but anyway... Uh, I, I had gone out to uh, uh, Starbucks and going through there to, to get, I didn't tell you about this, honey, but going uh, going through to get a cup of coffee and a little blueberry muffin. And uh, and so I pulled up to the window, and I'm thinking about a couple things that are going wrong. Can I see the hands of the people that sometimes you think about things that are going wrong? And, and what happens then is it takes us off of our game plan. You're not looking to bless somebody and love somebody. You're thinking about yourself. And that's the last person you should be thinking about. If you haven't figured out what to do about it, don't think about it. Give it to God and move on with blessing other people. And so I wasn't really in that particular bless me stage. I was in this, ah, uh, man, uh, yeah, whatever. And, and so I've been getting ready to go out and pray. So I get up the window, and the lady says, oh, it's, uh, it's all been paid for. The car in front of you paid for it. And uh, besides that, they said, give you all the change. And uh, so I I, now I get my coffee and my blueberry muffin. I got a bunch of change in my hand, too. Had no idea who it was. It's happened to me three times now, At once at McDonald's and twice at Starbucks. I don't know if somebody's following them around trying to get in front of me in the line, but it's working for me. but, but Pardon? Oh, I'm sorry. But, what did you say? I didn't. Oh. <laughs> well, here's, here's, what, here's what I wanted to share with you, is that, is that God wants us to demonstrate his love everywhere we go. And in one moment's time, what I was thinking about was gone, and I was... Th- Wow, that is really neat. Thank you, God. You decided to bless me through that person. Now, if we get in that mentality, we will never be down. And Romans 5 look look at what it says here. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So, therefore... We are going to be imitators of God as dear little children. That's what the Word of God says. We're not going to be thinking about all the things that aren't going right. We're going to think about who can I love today? Who can I bless today? Who can I be kind to today? What is the assignment you have? Who's going to be coming across my path? Now, how many of you have ever tried to do good to people and love people the way God wants you to love them, only to find it going the wrong direction? May I see your hand? I had this, and I'm going to be purposely evasive on the name. I have this person that I've been helping for quite a number of years. And just the other day, as I was helping them, most of the time this person is always telling me how much they love me. And then this one particular time, I didn't do something the way they thought I should do it, and they told me what they really thought about me. It wasn't about how they love me. It was about what a and you can fill in the blanks. And all of a sudden, my world started to shift because I just wanted to go through and take that person and love them as they slowly strangled them. Uh, it was just no longer that feeling of I love you and you love me and this is happy and we are going to do great. No, I just for a moment, man, and then I had to come to my senses and realize, okay. This person has been blinded by the enemy. It hasn't affected how he feels about me. I know how he feels about me with the exception of he's being tormented in his mind, but I, I still understand he loves me. Now, if you get to that point, you won't be thinking you have to receive love from other people. You'll know that you already received that love and that now you just let that love flow through you. I, I was praying, I said, God, is there anything humorous that I could use in this story? And I was just surfing on the internet, and I found this. I hope it comes out right. Let's turn the lights out of here. But I'm going to preface it before you see it. <laughs> it's a man who is driving, it happens so fast, that's why I feel like I need to tell you. It's a man driving down the street, and he sees a, a, a really <laughs> old lady uh, trying to get across the street, and uh and things that are meant as an act of love and kindness and sweetness and gentleness very shortly go awry. So you will, you will see it right now. He forgets to put his car in park. Man's got his foot on the car reaching out to the lady. <laughs> oh, and that's really that's really how it ends. She finally gets she finally gets across the street, but I have I have found have you found in your life sometimes it doesn't go exactly the way the game plan was set by you love those people. They aren't always receptive. Uh, this is kind of a silly example, but I thought it was really hilarious. I, w- I want to read to you in the book of Matthew uh, what Jesus said regarding loving people. Because if you really, really reach out and love people, uh, you, you will change their life. And the example that comes to me He's not in this service. He'll be in the second service. But the example that comes to me right off the top of my head is Manny Rodriguez. How many of you know Manny? Manny, uh, when he first came to this church, uh, on fire for the things of God, uh, on fire in the youth department, went to teen mania, going to be in ministry, going to be a Christian rapper, and all sorts of things are going on. And then Manny decided to take, I don't know the birth, I haven't read that book uh, about the path, but the path that he was on was not going to lead him where he said he wanted to go. And, And Manny is an interesting guy. But he's always felt the love of Jesus in this church. He's told me that. I've always felt loved here no matter what I've done. And Manny's done some heavy-duty stuff. But Manny's now driving our vans. Manny's raising his child. Uh, Manny is black, plugged into the things of God. I am not believing for Manny to unplug from the things of God. But if that were to happen, we're going to love him the same way we did when he plugged into the things of God. Does that make sense to you? In other words, no matter whether they're plugged in or not plugged in, no matter whether they're talking about us or not talking about us, no matter whether they're expressing love to us or whatever, that is the child of God. Manny Rodriguez is the child of God created in the image of God, and he needed to see the love of God projected. Think about Pastor Stanley over there in the Sudan, Camp Rhino now in Uganda. But when Pastor Stanley as an alcoholic, as an agnostic, was up in Cairo, went up there to get a job, to be an engineer. And one day, and he's he's, he's a confirmed alcoholic, and one day on a street corner, he meets a lady from Victory Christian Center in Tulsa, a Victory Bible Institute graduate, on assignment from God to go to Cairo. All she knew when she left Victory was go to Cairo and start a Bible school. She starts a Bible school up there, starts loving people, starts meeting people on street corners and inviting them to her Bible study, which was Bible the Bible Institute. And one day meets Pastor Stanley Nathan and says, you need to come to my Bible school. And he said, I didn't have anything else to do. So I went to the Bible school meeting and I ended up going to Bible school for two years, got saved. Got my life turned around. He said, I've never known love like that lady projected to me. And I knew now it was the love of Jesus. Changed his whole life. And now he's changing a nation by changing uh, people through that orphanage. You'll never know when you're going to be able to change the life of someone. And in Matthew chapter 5, this is what it said: You have heard it said uh, that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies." Love those who curse you. Uh, and this is what I thought about this man I was talking with you about the other day. Love those who curse you. I didn't feel like loving him. Everybody say this love is not a feeling, love is, a, feeling. Love is a decision. Agape love is not a feeling, it's a decision. I'm going to love you because you're a child of God, and I'm going to love you because God has commanded me to love you. It's not a question of whether or not I feel like it. It's a question of this is what God told me to do. And then it goes on to say, Do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, who makes the sun rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do you, even the tax collectors, do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you have more than others? Don't even the tax collectors do that. The reason they use tax collectors is because that was the lowest level of people in society at that time. Some things haven't changed a lot. And, and, and verse number 48, therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father is perfect. Now, every person on the face of this earth, when I first heard this preached, it was, it was shared by T.L. Osborne out there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I've never forgotten it back in 1985, 86. And he said, every, he, he, at that time, he administered to more people on the face of the earth than anyone. He said, every individual on the face of the earth, shares the two same dominant desires. Every person on the face of the earth. It really got my attention. It's like, wow, what is that? Number one, to be loved. And number two, to love. Number one, to be loved. Number two, to love. And when we understand how important those two desires are, see, we really have the answer to the world. Tell your neighbor, you have the answer to the world. If you're not thinking about yourself And if you're not thinking about things that aren't going right, your finances, kids not doing right, people not doing right, uh, my marriage is great, but it could be great, you know, all those kind of things that you can think about. When you're not thinking about those things, you can be on your game plan thinking, God, who do you want me to bless today? Who do you want me to give a smile to today? Who do you want me to be kind to today? Who do you want me to help across the street today? Who do you want me to put my car in park before I do it? You know, who, who do you want me to do those types of things for? And then when you do that, it is, ma- is, is amazing. When the love of God is flowing through you, it'll change your disposition. It will give you an assignment. It will make you feel better about yourself. It will make you feel good when you get up in the morning. It will make you want to reach out and help people. Who can I help today? What waitress at a restaurant that I'm going to today can I share the love of Jesus with? How, who can I make my day today? We were at a restaurant just the other day with a uh, uh, Adam who shared last Sunday, and Adam was and I were there, and we were there for quite a while. We had a. $4 bill I think or a $5 bill and as I was praying and I, I, the lady was was a very nice lady waiting on us and I said God I need to leave her a tip we've been here for a while and I felt like the Lord said $20. Now I wasn't really in agreement with God over leaving the $20 bill because all I had was a $20 bill. Now I quickly got in agreement with God because I know better but but uh, I, I wasn't thinking 20 I was thinking more 10 And uh, and and I know that uh, sometimes I can be a hard learner or turn to your neighbor and say he, he can be a hard learner or something. I gave the lady a twenty, and I said, "Could you give me two tens? And so she said, "Oh yes." So she went back and brought me back two tens. Now God had already told me to give her a twenty. Now I, I understand that I'm probably the only guy who ever does this. Okay? No, Donna's done it too. I can see Donna. She's shaking her head. So she's bringing me back two tens, and and what I heard as she handing me the two tens is I said a twenty. Uh, and it was very firm, very loving, very kind, but very firm. I said a 20 So I gave her a $20. I, 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 she gave me the two tens, then I, I gave her all of it. And I said, here, this is all for you. She said, oh, no, that's too much. That's too much. I said, no, I want you to have the $20. And she took the $20 and she said, I'm just so thankful. This is a blessing that I really needed. i tell you what, when I went out of that restaurant, I could have gotten by with $10. I probably could have gotten by with $5 and had $15 in my pocket. I walked out of the restaurant with no money in my pocket and I was on cloud nine. I felt so good about me, so good about God, so good about that lady. It's never about money. Everybody says it's never about money. It's always about how much love are we projecting everywhere that we go. If every moment of every day you're thinking about other people and how you can love on them, bless on them, and uh, there's a a young teenager in our church, Dan and I were in, in court with him just the other day, and uh and i'm not going to reveal too much but you know he's just he's just done some bad things and but but i love that kid dan loves that kid kelly loves that kid i, I love that kid and every time i just love on him and he does something dumber than before uh, it's in other words uh, uh, okay uh and and uh, but today but when we we're down there in court I don't know if you heard her or not, but I asked the probation officer, uh, can I go pray for him? She said, no, they prefer you not be around them and you don't have any contact. And I said, okay, thank you. So then I went to the police officer in charge. Uh, you know, no does not mean no. Turn to your neighbor and say, no does not mean no. It just means you need to find another way. They have their agenda and they have their policy. I have my agenda. I have my policy. And you should too. Tell to your neighbor, you should too. So I went to the officer in charge, higher authority, and I said, Is it okay if we pray for him? He said, oh, Sure, come on. So he didn't care. So we were able to pray for him. And the last thing I said was, Listen, I love you. This too will pass. I love you. People need to know they're loved, they don't need to know they're doing bad things. How many, how many of you, can I see the hands of all the people that have done bad things? Can I see all of the the hands of all the people, that when you did those bad things, you just didn't have a clue. You all knew what you were doing. Turn to your neighbor and say, you know what you're doing. You knew what you're doing. You don't need somebody to tell you you're doing bad. You need to tell somebody that that they love you. Now, see, we're to be imitators of God as dear little children. And I'm going to give you something as you leave today uh, to take with you. Some of it perhaps you've heard before, but it's in the commentary of my Bible. It's more expanded than anything I've ever read. And it's, it's, it's explaining from a commentary standpoint what love is all about. So if we're going to continually demonstrate the love of God, then we're going to have to understand, how do I do that? Jesus is our example. But how do I, as a person who is not the Son of God, but have been adopted and I'm supposed to be like the Son of God and walk like the Son of God, so how am I supposed to live my life? How many of you think you could do a better job of loving people? Can I see your hands? Now, we're going to look at it right now. It's going to be on the screen. But then when you leave today, we're going to give you a little handout so you can put this thing somewhere uh, where you can look at it every day and just determine, how am I really doing? But let's go through and and what it says. Now, what this is talking about is in 1 Corinthians. It's a commentary on 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 4 through 8. And in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, it says, Love suffers long, it's kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't parade itself, isn't puffed up, does not behave rudely, doesn't think of its own, is never provoked, thinks no evil, rejoices uh, never in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. Now let's look at this commentary. Love, uh, do we have? Yeah, there you go. Love suffers long having patience with imperfect people. How how many of you uh, work around some imperfect people? Uh, How many of you maybe are an imperfect person? Uh, Love is kind, active in doing good. Love never is envious since it is non possessive and non competitive. Love actually wants others to get ahead. That's a good one. Love never parades itself around. Love is never puffed up, treating others arrogantly. Love never behaves rudely, but displays good manners. Love is courteous. Love does not seek its own way, insisting on its own rights. Love is totally unselfish. Love is not provoked, it is not irritable, touchy, rough or hostile. Love is grace under pressure. Love thinks no evil and keeps no account of wrongdoings. Love erases resentment. Love does not rejoice in iniquity or somebody falling into immorality. Love finds no fault in the shortcoming of others. Love spreads no evil reports, but rejoices in truth. Love aggressively promotes the good in others. i won't to say that one again. Love aggressively promotes good in others. I have found that some people, you have to look a little harder than others to find something good. But every person has something good. Lou Holtz said this years ago when he went to coach at Notre Dame, his lifetime dream as a little boy. Notre Dame was in shambles. He arrived as the coach, and they said, Coach Holtz, what are you going to do? Everything is such a horrible mess. He said, oh, it's very simple. I'm going to do what I've always done when I've coached. I'm going to find something good, and I will build upon something good. And they said, there's nothing good up here. He said, oh, no, there's always something good. I will find something good, and I will build on that. Uh, a brilliant coach who's now retired. Love aggressively promotes the good in others. Love bears all things, defending and holding up other people. Love believes the best about others. Listen to this. Love credits others with good intentions and is not suspicious. Love hopes all things, never giving up on people. Love endures all things, persevering and remaining Loyal, Where is that love that we need to project today? Folks, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's in you. And I want to read an article before we give you a couple of scriptures here to close with. But its uh, I, I encourage all of you, you should get Decision Magazine, uh, Billy Graham's Magazine, Franklin Graham. Uh, it's one of the most powerful, encouraging um, magazines I have ever read. And we get it here at the church. And uh, this is a story, I did not know this, uh, about the Clemson coach, uh, Dana Swinney, Sweeney. But uh, the Clemson coach is, is a Christian. When, when, when Clemson played uh, Alabama last year for the national title, Uh, There's something about that coach I really liked. Uh, Saban, I I know a little bit about him, and he's a little rough around the edges, but this Clemson coach seemed different. And they had played Alabama the year before and lost, but this year they beat Alabama, and uh, Alabama was the number one team in the country, and they really upset them against all odds. And uh, this is the story of the coach, and how he had always dreamed about being a head coach, and had always prayed and asked God. He was a Christian, brought up as a Christian in a broken home. He and his wife lived on, well, his mother lived on welfare and uh, had a very difficult life. But he, he knew Jesus, he came to the Lord at age 16 in a youth meeting, uh, knew Jesus as his Lord and Savior, and had always prayed, God, if it's your will, I'd like to be a coach. But if it's not, then I'll do whatever you want me to do. And he coached for Alabama as an assistant coach for a while, but then he was released. And he was gone for about four years out of coaching, selling real estate. But his desire was always to be a coach. And one day, Clemson contacted him and asked if he'd be an assistant. But try to make a long story short, he ended up becoming the head coach. But this is what I want you to read about his life. Talking to him about the national championship, he said, Only God could have allowed us to have the national championship so that we would have a format to give him glory. This is his statement. And then he says he refuses to overemphasize or let the national championship change him. We're not going to be defined by a trophy. That's never going to be the decision or the definition for our success. We're going to be defined by how we loved our players and how we helped change their lives for eternity. And then he goes on to say love is the greatest motivator on the face of the earth and that love came to us from God. And that if we will allow that love to flow through us it will change lives. And he sums his article up. It's, it's so powerful. He says, ultimately when I meet my maker He's not going to pat me on the back and say, boy! you won a hundred and some games, you made coach of the year, and you made a lot of money, and you were one successful coach. But he's going to say, how did you use what I gave you, and how did you help other people? I put a lot of people in your path. How did you impact their life? That is what I'm going to be measured on when I get to heaven. And I believe that's true for each and every one of us. The measuring stick when we get to heaven is not going to be how much money you made, uh, how many people you told the, you know what they should be doing or whatever. Love is an attraction. And when I, when I was praying about this message, I kept seeing the bug light. How many of you know those bug lights in the summertime? Uh, I don't see a lot of them anymore, but you used to see them at the frozen custard. and it, they, they, It's a bright light, and it attracts uh, the bugs. And once the bug gets into it, of course, they get zapped and, and they're dead. I don't know exactly how that fits this example, but, but, <laughs> but maybe, maybe it drives the devil out of, uh, out of people. But I do know this. I know this, and I hope this does not sound pretentious. When my life is right with God, and I'm not thinking about licking my wounds, and I'm thinking about loving other people, I can tell there's an attraction of people toward the love of Jesus in me. How many of you know what I'm talking about? For yourself. God is no respecter persons. When you've got that love of Jesus radiating from you, people are attracted to it. It's not you. It's the love of God in you. And what this coach said was that when we walk with this love, it will bring out the best in others. And that's what we've got to do. We just love people right where they are. They fall, we help them to get up. And they fall again, and we help them to get up. Uh, Closer to home, God was really ministering to me. They wreck a car one time, we help them again. They wreck a car another time, we help them again. In other words, no matter what the situation is, We're going to believe the best about people. We're going to encourage people, exhort people. Who would you like to hang out with? Somebody that is encouraging, exhorting, edifying, I don't get together with Dan very often, but when I do uh, I always know this I'm going to be encouraged I'm going to be exhorted I'm going to be edified because he's always got to I've never heard Dan Dan say a bad word about anybody now maybe Kelly has but I never have <laughs> but I've never heard him say a bad word about anybody I, he's always encouraging always he will change a negative situation that comes up and turn it into a positive in a moment's notice he walks with a lot of love in his life. And I know a lot of others of you do too. Now, where do we get that love? I'm glad you asked. We're going to look in John chapter 17, verse 26. This is such a powerful scripture that just really leaped out at me. This is what Jesus said. I have declared to them your name. He's talking to his father. And he's saying, God, I've done what you've told me to do. I've only done what you've shown me to do. I have declared to them your name and will declare it, that the love which you love me may be in them and that I will be in them. What is he saying? He's saying that the love of God would be in us. He would be in us. Temple of the Holy Spirit is in us through the power of Almighty God, and the the love that God wanted us to have is already in us if we know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. The Dead Sea, if you've ever been to Israel, it's an interesting place. Dirtier than I thought it would be, but it's an interesting place. There's only one reason the Dead Sea is dead. It has no outlet. If it had an outlet it would be full of life, full of fish, full of all of the oceanic type things like that. Because that, that, the, the, the Mount Hermon, the, the snow, the, the melting comes down and, and goes into the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee flows into the Jordan River. Everything is healthy and pure and it flows into the Dead Sea. And all of a sudden it stops and it doesn't flow out and it doesn't bring that life with it. Many times when we get saved, there is that euphoria of, oh, glory to God. And we're just so on fire to tell everybody about Jesus. We've got so much love flowing from us. And then we get back to work again we get back into our routine. We get back into, what about the kids? What about the money? What about this? What about that? And we start to take the path that is a focus on the wrong direction. We start to think about all of the things that affect us instead of saying, you know what? I'm on an assignment from God here. And everywhere I go, I'm going to let people feel the love of God flowing from me because I am called by God to be an imitator of God as a dear little child and to let that love flow and that that love will, attract people to Jesus we have that ability and that's why I believe Jesus said in John chapter 15 I think it's verse 11 uh, we're going to put it up in just a minute I forget the verse now but it said this is my commandment this is my command to you that you love one another he's talking about the world he's talking about everyone on the face of the earth. this is my commandment that you love one another everywhere that we go the waitress that you know is too slow you love on her she may be raising four or five children her husband may have just left her you sometimes the people that treat you the worst are the people that have been through things you will never know what's that old song uh, walk a mile in my shoes before you criticize and shoes you never know what people's going through people aren't made to, to be mean to you That comes with life. But if we are wonderful, kind, sweet, gentle, and portraying the love of Jesus to people, then it will change people's lives. We have that ability. Now, we are on this earth for just a short period of time. It is like a vapor, and then all of a sudden, we will all, the rapture doesn't come first, we'll all be standing before the judgment seat of God. And just like the coach said here, the coach said, what, what, what is God going to ask of us when we get there? Is he going to ask how much money he had? Going to ask how many, you know, how, how, what your savings account was, how pretty your yard was, how many cars you had, uh, you know, how many this, how many that that you accumulated? I don't believe so. I believe he's going to say, what did you do with all of the people I sent your way to be taken care of? What are you going to do Saturday when, uh, no, this is Friday? I pulled up to the church, or was it Saturday? You were. In, uh, was it Friday? I pulled up to the church, and, and we have house guests for the weekend, so I'm I'm thinking about the message. I'm really focused. God has really shown me a lot <laughs> through really the draw of my car. I believe. I really believe my car. I know this sounds silly, but the car was a gift from God, and I just I just can't tell you how many people have commented on my car and it it isn 't the car itself, I believe it's it 's anointed. I pulled up behind the church, and this guy kept looking at me and he 's sitting behind the church it's it's it 's drizzling rain, and he 's got his shoes off and his socks off and and it just it just wasn't right, and so I got out, and, and I'm thinking, I'm focused on this message again. <laughs> Some of you heard the story before, but I'm focused on this message, and I I feel an interruption coming, and so I'm, I'm quick to get into the church and all, and I'm in there, and I'm putting my books down, I'm getting ready to pray, and I got my focus all ready to go, and I can't get this guy out of my mind, he's out behind the church, and so finally I said, okay, God so I went out and I said, how you doing? He said, I'm not very good. And he told me his story, horrible story. And I tried to minister to him, but he wasn't really open to me. He really wasn't. Uh, And I thought, well, yeah, it's fine. You know, I can't make you. you. How many realize you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink? But I served a pastor out in Tulsa who added to that story. He said, yeah, I've heard that story. This is Billy Joe. He said, I've heard that story. Lead a a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. He said, but you can salt the (laughs) roads. I love that. And and so this guy was not being that generous with me and not that cooperative with me and and smoking an old, ugly cigar. And uh, so (laughs) part of me laughs, part of me cries. And, uh, And I thought, well... I need to try to help this guy. I need to salt his oats. So I went back out there, and I said, what can I do for you? And he said, how about taking me downtown to Lums? Now, he'd been sleeping out in the streets, and uh, he looked like he'd been sleeping out in the streets. And my car's clean. <laughs> and he really looked like death warmed over. And he's got this cigar, and I'm not a about little about somebody get in my car with a cigar, I thought. And uh, then the Mar looked at him. The Mar, I said, God, I just need to see him the way you see him. He just teared up. He's just teared up. And I said, sure. And so I was able to take him down there and pray for him. Uh, he told me his dad was a pastor uh, in another state. And I said, well, what? let us send you home. He said, no, I can't go home. I don't want to go home. I love living on the streets. All I could do was plant seed in him. It's kind of like the guy who got out of the car to help the woman. (laughs) His priority changed very quickly because he had to stop the car from running over the woman. Uh, All I could do with this guy is just plant a seed, put a little salt in his oats, tell him how much God loved him, tell him how much I loved him, and hopefully his life will change. Sometimes that's all we have. It's great to see the success story of the David Wilsons he will be in the second service but sometimes we don't see it. We may be only the catalyst that planted the love for the moment, and somebody else maybe will finish up the project, but we're going to be used mightily in that moment if we'll not let that moment go by. And I just encourage all of you, <clears throat> this is the three things I wanted to leave you with. I, I pray this, and it has really changed my life. Lord, please let me see other people the way you see them. Please let me see other people the way you see them. It will change your life. It's changed my life. Because I'll see people that in the natural I won't like. How many of you know what I'm talking about? In the natural I don't like this person. It's not that I don't like the person. I don't like what they're doing. I don't like the way they're acting. But when I pray this prayer it's like God opens the window to show me and then help me to see people and love people with compassion the way you love me and the compassion that you have for me. And this is the way I'd like to end this service today. <clears throat> Every single one of you have needs. You have areas where you have need breakthroughs. I've got areas where I need breakthroughs. But I know this. I know who's going to do it. God's going to do it. So let's all say, it. I'm going to receive my breakthrough." Whatever it is, whatever breakthrough you need, you're going to receive it. If you don't worry about it, fret about it, become anxious about it, you're going to receive it. But this is the way I'd like to end this service today. I'd like for us to make a commitment. And that commitment would be, I am going to continually, to the best of my ability, demonstrate the love of God that he demonstrated for me and put in me to everyone that I come in contact with. The person who honks the horn at you, the person who cuts you off at the pass, person who gives you the finger. Uh, The reason I say that is because I was at a a stop sign (laughs) the other day and this lady, it was a, a lady, and she was in front of me and she just wouldn't pull out as the traffic came by, she had a lot of gaps. And I'm just sitting there like this, just really not a happy camper at all, not thinking at all about this message, and uh, just just doing my hands on the sand like this, and you know. it wasn't that I was making a gesture at her, but I was obviously not happy and uh, as she got ready to pull out when there was finally what she thought was a big enough gap to go, she decided to show me what she thought about my finger tapping uh, with her. Hand raised, but not all of her fingers raised. And uh, and I looked at her and I thought, well, well, how rude. And then I thought, <laughs> and then I thought she was just trying to pay me back for she knew I was a little concerned about her. And I thought, why would I be concerned about waiting a few minutes at a stop sign? She obviously didn't think she could make the gap. I knew you, a train could go through the gap. <laughs> let's all let's all stand. <coughs> But I I do believe that God will give you an opportunity to use any message you hear and especially any commitment that you would make to project that love. The world is starved for love. It's starved for love. And you will see people in your sphere of influence today that just need a smile. They just need to be told God loves you and so do I, and that it can change their life. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? I believe that all of you are from this church. All of you have been here for a while, but I don't ever want to assume that every person that comes here knows Jesus as the Lord and Savior. If you're here and maybe you've never acknowledged Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you just to slip your hand in the air. Maybe you're like a prodigal son. You've, you've walked away from the things of God. Maybe you've attended this church, but your life really isn't right. We want to make sure that your destiny is eternal life in heaven. And if I've described you, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air. Father, I thank you for every person here. It looks like we have a great group, hometown group here. Everybody knowing you as the Lord and Savior. That means, Lord, that the love that you have for us is in us through your son, Jesus. It's already there. All we have to do is let it flow. And I pray that what we have read today, what we have shared today, based on your word, would be our priority and our desire. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Now this is what I want to do. I want to pray for all of you that if you would accept this. Now if you understand the premise of Mission Impossible all the way back to the early television days and then the Tom Cruise movies, it was if you'll accept this mission, we feel that it is impossible and has great opportunity for failure, but if you'll accept it, then we'll give it to you and we'll let you have it. Is the possibility for a failure in this mission? Sure. You could lose it. You could fall down. And you could give somebody a piece of your mind. But the problem would be you just got another piece of your mind gone. And you don't want to do that. We don't want to give somebody a piece of our mind. We want to give somebody the love of Jesus. And this is what I want to pray for you. I want to pray that all of us would make a commitment to show that love everywhere that we go. But. And not to be negative, but if we miss it, if we fall, if we have a situation where we're standing there drumming our hands on a steering wheel instead of praying for the woman in front of us and being patient, being kind, that we won't stop. We'll repent and start over again. Does that make sense? Not hoping any of you would fail, but I know for my life, I need to restart sometime. There are times in my life I think, I'm living this message, and I feel it, and I know it. And there are times, God, I missed it. I missed it big time. I don't even feel like living it today. But I know this, you want me to, and your love is not a feeling. Your love is who you are. 1 John 4, 8, God is love. How many of you would do everything in your power, submitted to his power, to live this life and love everyone that you come in contact with, with the love of God? Can I see your hands? Father, I pray for every hand that's lifted. I pray for an anointing of love, a compassion for people, To be able to encourage, to absorb, to edify everywhere that we go, beginning as we walk out of this church, with one another certainly, but with everyone in the world. And that no matter how anyone treats us, what they say about us, we're going to love them in return. And I thank you for that. I thank you for the commitment of every person here in Jesus name now let's all make this confession if this is your heart Lord help me anoint me to love people everywhere that I go no matter how I'm treated it will not affect me and my love flowing to them Father I thank you that is our will that is our declaration we we blast, Let's give the Lord a hand.